Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. All right, superhero fans, today's your day. Find the nearest phone booth, ditch your secret identity, and change into your favorite superhero costume. And don't forget the cape. As for me, I will now confess that my favorite superhero was, drumroll please, that famous man of steel, that red, blue, and yellow crusader for justice, Superman. Superman. This has been a lifelong passion, I will admit, and that should come as no surprise to you. After all, this particular interest of mine dates way back to those early days of childhood when I first discovered that original black-and-white TV series starring George Reeves. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. To this day, I can still remember many of the episodes. Like the time Superman was locked in a freezer, causing him to lose his powers and turn his face and body pasty white like a pina colada popsicle. And so he had to secretly borrow Lois Lane's makeup to cover his frozen face so she wouldn't catch on to his secret identity as Clark Kent. Or the time there was an oil company that drilled a mine shaft deep into the core of the earth uncovering a lost race of strange, unknown beings who lived miles below the Earth's surface. And Superman, of course, was called on to mediate and rescue the Mole Men from an angry mob of townspeople. There was so much action in this story, of course, that it had to be produced as a two-parter. Well, anyway, as you can guess, the legend of Superman was an important part of my growing up years. And just as a side note, it turned out to be rather ironic that about 20 years later, I found myself working in Cleveland, Ohio, the original home of Superman, where the comic book character was first created by two young men named Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who met at Glenville High School in Cleveland. Who knew that I would wind up moving to Superman's hometown? Wow! And oh, by the way, here's some more Superman trivia that you may not know. The TV series starring George Reeves was filmed way back in 1951 at the RKO Studios in Back Lot in California. The show first aired in 1952, while its last episode was broadcast April 28, 1958. First two seasons were filmed in black and white, while the last four were produced in color. So in order for Superman's traditional red, blue, and yellow costume to come off looking halfway decent in black and white, they had to create a special brown, gray, and white version for George Reeves to wear during the black and white years. Later, of course, when they began filming color episodes, the original colors of the comic book costume design made a triumphant return. And here's another bit of trivia. 
Whenever they filmed outdoor sequences, the locations generally included the RKO back lot, which in later years was used as a setting for Mayberry in the Andy Griffiths show. Other locations in and around Los Angeles included hillsides in Culver City, the city streets in Los Angeles, residential areas of the San Fernando Valley, and such famous landmarks as the Griffith Observatory. The Mutual of Omaha building in LA was one of three locations that served as the Daily Planet headquarters. The two others included Los Angeles City Hall and the Carnation Milk Company building, which functioned as the front door of the newspaper building in some shots. And surprisingly, although the Superman story is set in the fictitious city of Metropolis, which most people assume to be New York City, the truth is that most of the show was filmed in and around Los Angeles, with only a few rare shots of New York City thrown in as stock footage during the episode Superman on Earth. Hey, did you ever wonder how they made Superman fly? Up, up, and away! Well, back in those days, obviously, they didn't have CG, character-generated special effects. But considering the technology they did have at the time, while Superman's flying was pretty simple by today's standards, it was considered rather advanced for the 1950s. Early on, George Reeves was strapped into a harness of cables and wires, which lifted him up, up, and away. But one day, the cables snapped, and Reeves made a surprise landing, falling all the way down to the studio floor. Ouch! That must have hurt. After that accident, stuntmen filled in for Reeves whenever cables and wires were used. Eventually, they did away with the cable and wire method entirely, and simply filmed him jumping into the air from a springboard, or simulating a landing by jumping off a ladder. The backgrounds were stock aerial footage put up on a big rear projection screen, and these were changed from one episode to another depending on the storyline. That way you'd see Superman flying over clouds, buildings, the ocean, mountain forests, etc. Whatever the script called for. In some of these shots, Reeves was lying on a flat surface, so you could see his torso and thighs looking unusually flat and compressed. For other shots, the special effects people rigged up a device that was custom fitted to his torso and legs and attached to a long pole operated like a boom microphone. This way they could swerve the device and make it look like he's banking or turning while in flight. It was amazing what they could do in those early days of television. Yeah. It's a good thing that I have a pretty healthy fear of heights. Otherwise, I might have been like one of those kids that climbs up on the garage roof and calls out to his old man, Look, Dad, I'm Superman. Watch me fly. Uh-oh. Thankfully, that never happened. I grew up with most of my bones and vital organs intact. I say most of them because there was one exception. You see, ironically, later in life it turned out that I was nearsighted. So I had to wear glasses for real, not the fake kind that Clark Kent wore. Aww. So, but the only thing that I did as a kid when I was fantasizing about being Superman was putting on a very makeshift costume and doing a little role-playing with my friends. Want to know how makeshift the costume was? Well, I wore an extra-long pastel green-colored bath towel for my cape. <laughs> when I complained to my mother that I really, really needed a red cape, 
she let me know that her preferred color scheme did not include the bright, vibrant scarlet red that Superman wore. No, sir. Green was the color of the day in our house. And when it came to the form-fitting tights, I was out of luck on that score, too. I had to make do with off-white, cream-colored long johns. Back in those days, I don't think they even made blue long johns yet. If they had, I'm sure my mother wouldn't have bought them. Too flashy, she'd probably say. And as for the Superman logo, what I did was take some colored pens and watercolor paint and draw my own S logo on a scrap of fabric, which I attached to my t-shirt with some scotch tape. I had a lot of fun with that one, especially since I could wear another shirt on the outside and amaze my friends by ripping open the outer shirt to reveal the Superman logo underneath. Cool, right? <laughs> and of course, completing the ensemble, was a pair of cheap, red-colored, plastic sunglasses. You see, at that young age, I still hadn't seen the eye doctor yet, as I mentioned, so the only glasses I could get away with wearing were sunglasses. And so that's what I wore when I became Clark Kent. Now, you may be wondering about the other characters. Well, the girl who was Lois Lane to my Superman was a cute young thing named Trudy, who lived two houses away. Bear in mind, at that age, there were absolutely no romantic fantasies whatsoever involved in this situation. After all, boys will be boys, myself included, and a serious interest in girls didn't happen until much, much later in the teenage years. But Trudy was willing to play along with me, for a little while at least, as a fellow cosplay pretender. Until, that is, she moved far away to California, and I lost touch with her. My Superman obsession was rather short-lived anyway. After that, it was on to some other television show, some other hero worship, which seemed to change with every new year. But you know the one thing that came out of all this? As a young kid, playing the role of Clark Kent may just have inspired me to go into a career in journalism with dreams of working for a great metropolitan newspaper. And that, of course, later morphed into a career in broadcasting, advertising, and corporate communications. And so, that's how it all began, folks. Blame it all on Superman. You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on Buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.